Is there something deep within you that seeks a fuller, freer, and more expansive life? Do you long for positive change when it comes to your health, relationships, career, or level of time and money freedom, but you lack the confidence to move forward, or you just can't seem to break free of your current circumstances? Perhaps you believe you don't have the time, money, experience, or other resources that you think you need to have in place before you can create what is that you desire. I want to submit to you today, you should just tap into your genius. We all have genius inside of us. You feel it too. I know you do. When you were younger, you could tap into it. You didn't even think about it. Your genius would flow from your fingertips. You create and play and slip into a flow state. It was like a superpower you didn't even know you had. And in this episode, this rewind episode, we are talking to Dr. Will Moreland as he shares with us on how to shift into your genius because we all have genius within us. We have another exciting guest and another exciting show today. I have admired this guest for the past couple of years, and I truly am excited. My guest today is one of the most prolific speakers of our time, a best-selling author and leadership expert known as America's number one leadership life trainer. This powerful young man is transforming lives and organizations around the world. His book, Genius Potential, was an instant favorite of the personal development community, and his latest book, Copycat Millionaire, has been called The 21st Century Think and Grow Rich. Dr. Will is a highly regarded business trainer and life trainer working with clients ranging from small businesses to celebrities, clients seeking his wisdom on branding, team execution, and leadership governance with with fees ranging from $5,000 to $25,000. Dr. Will is a serial entrepreneur having started or helped start over 15 companies. He currently oversees three companies, Will Moreland International LLC, Moreland Investments, and Moreland Enterprises. I want to welcome Dr. Will to the podcast. Markeith, thank you so much, man, for having me on this morning and welcoming me into your shift community, man. We're going to have an exciting time this morning. And I'm so looking forward to it. I woke up ready this morning for your team, man. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's make it happen. So, Dr. Will, I gave a brief introduction of who you were, but why don't you take uh, your time and allowing us to hear from you who you are and give us some of your life experience and background and how you made it to where you are today. 
Definitely, man. And uh, once again, I want to thank you for having me on and and, and want to commend you for everything that you're doing in the personal development market to help so many shift. I know through this podcast, you're reaching so many. So thank you, man, for taking that leap of faith and, and doing what uh, is necessary to help so many that are following you. Thank well, you. Um, just, you know, and I'll share this because I think it's relevant for people to understand and they'll um, understand my mindset moving forward. When I explain my beginning, everybody has a genesis and mine started in Compton, California. And if you're familiar with Compton, California, when I was growing up back in the 80s, Compton was noted as the worst city in America. And I was being raised in that environment by a single mother of two. And we lived with my grandmother in a house that was um always full, whether it was uh, church members, whether it was family members, whether it was uh, people of the community. Grandma always had a full house because she was always helping people and, and giving them a, a hand up in life. And so our house, we didn't have much. We, we weren't uh, rich, but we were rich in, in helping. My grandmother always set a pace and an example for us to help so many people in the community. And um, growing up, Growing up in this type of environment, you can imagine it can be very polarizing as it relates to the images that you see. And the images that I grew up with was gangs, drug dealers, drug addicts. And um, I found myself as I got older, uh, close to teenage age, I found myself getting wrapped up and tied up in that life of gang banging and drug dealing. Um, and, and to make a long story short, um, I kind of followed that path all the way up until around 18 or 19 years old until I found myself in the front of a judge. And I call it today, he gave me uh, a godfather deal. I call it my godfather deal. He gave me uh, an opportunity that I could not pass. And the opportunity was, he said, uh, Mr. Moreland, you're headed nowhere fast. So I'm going to give you an opportunity. You have two choices. You can join the United States Army or you can spend some time in one of our nice facilities here in California. Well, I'm not the smartest cookie in the in the bag, but uh, when my choice is jail or the Army, it was pretty easy for me. And I chose the Army. And um, looking back, that was one of the biggest opportunities of my life at that time. This judge, he stepped in and, and saw that I was headed nowhere and he really interceded for me and really set me on a course to where I am now if it wasn't for him I don't I, I really don't know where I would be right now I would probably be like so many of my other friends growing up either in jail or dead and so I can't even remember that judge's name but um, if, if I ever could find him a run up to him I would give him a big hug and kiss because he literally very few times can you say this, that someone saves your life, but he literally saved my life that day when he gave me the opportunity to go into the Army. And so here I am from Compton, California. I joined the Army, and um, that began a road, Markeith, of so many firsts and so many interesting things that happened in my life. When I joined the Army, it gave me the opportunity to leave California for the first time um, it gave me the opportunity to fly on an airplane for the first time. 
Uh, I was stationed uh, the very first time going through basic training. I was stationed in Kentucky, and then I did my training in Aberdeen. And so here I am within uh, a four-month time frame after not going anywhere pretty much outside of my confines of Compton and greater Los Angeles area. Here I am within four months. I'm in two different states, two different cities. Um in, in that short amount of time. And then once I got stationed, I got stationed in Germany. And so if you could imagine going from Compton after being nowhere for 19 years now to not only be in a different state, but to be in a different culture, to be in a different uh, country. Uh, I mean, it was really, it was really life changing. And uh, that's where I say when I joined the military, that's when my personal development, my insight on life, it really began to change. And it didn't happen overnight. I I still was far away in Germany and I still had a Compton mindset, a Compton mentality, so much so that um, my first three months at my new duty station, I almost got kicked out the military, almost lost that opportunity because I was still thinking like I was um, in Compton. And then once again, God showed me so much favor that he put another gentleman in my life who was the Sergeant Major at that time, Command Sergeant Major Babs. And um, I was getting ready to get kicked out and he called me into his office and I'll never forget his words. He said, Moreland, you're too stupid to realize the opportunity that's before you. So I'm going to help you out. And instead of kicking me out the army, he made me come work directly for him. So I was kind of like his personal assistant um, for the next two years. And this guy, Sergeant Major Babs, was a Vietnam veteran. He knew the ins and outs of life. And he just showed me so much. I, I, I mean, I invested uh, nearly eight to nine hours a day with him each and every day. And he really became a father figure for me and uh, began to mentor me. Even when I didn't even know what mentoring was or anything like that, I just knew that this gentleman um, had took a liking to me and was trying to help me be successful. And so that's a, you know, kind of a, a long story short to how um, I, I made it to this personal development journey it was definitely through these two gentlemen showing favor on me and giving me these opportunities where I just now every day try to crush it, man, and um, take full advantage of the blessing that's been bestowed upon me. You know, I appreciate you sharing that story. You know, many of us, sometimes we we like to look at the success of others and we never really get an opportunity to hear the story, you know, because it's not always peaches and cream you know, when you are climbing that that ladder of success. But yet many of us sometimes come from uh, dire straits. Many of us come from experiences that had it not been for someone who stepped in to mentor us or someone to step in to guide us along the way, we wouldn't be where we are today. And so I think it's important that those who are listening on the podcast uh, get to hear the story, get to hear the background uh, of individuals who I interview on a uh, on a regular basis, so that they can, so that they know that you could almost come from anywhere and still still be a success and still fulfill your dreams. And so I appreciate you sharing that story. The theme for today's show is going to be shift into your genius living, shift into your 
Genius Living. One of the purposes of this podcast is really to help individuals align themselves with their, what I would call their godly purpose, with their calling, with the thing for which they were created to do so that they could create the life that they desire to have. And so one of the first questions I ask every guest on the show is why is it important that individuals identify their purpose in life and know what they are truly passionate about so that they can create the life of their dreams or the life that they desire? You know, I don't know who said this quote, but um, as you asked me this question, this quote is what rang in my heart. There are two important dates for every individual, and those two dates are the day that you're born, and the second date is the day that you find out why you were born. You know, we all come to this planet, no matter how you got to planet Earth, I believe that each and every one of us have a purpose and a reason for being here, no matter how you got here. You know, I I like to tell people um, all the time that my mom, when she had me, she was 21 and my father was 50 at the time. And uh, for a short period of time, they found themselves in love or whatever they found themselves in. But I believe God just used that opportunity to bring me to the universe. And, And because he's an opportunist God, he takes any and every type of opportunity to see his plan through. And so that means Uh, Many of us get here through, you know, different ways and different avenues. But I want everybody listening to me um, to know that if you make it to planet Earth, that means God had a purpose and a, a potential for you being here. And so never think that you don't have a reason for being. You may not have discovered it. And that's why you're having difficulty in life. And so to answer your question, A fruitful life, a significant life really starts when you um, understand why you're here. And um, I can just share, you know, my story in terms of how I figured out how I was here. Now, whatever, you know, the listener believes or whatever, you go through your own process. But this was my process. And my process uh, happened about 20, 20, almost 20 years ago. Um, I was praying and meditating And I was really just asking God, why am I here? I I need to know why I'm here because I don't want to be average. I don't want to be doing the wrong thing. I want to be doing the right thing, the thing that's going to bring me joy and happiness every single day. And as I was meditating on this, um, a scripture came up to me. I was reading the scripture and it's in Corinthians chapter seven. And it says, uh, it's the apostle Paul speaking and he says, Every man has been given their proper gift from God. Every man has their own proper gift. And I started studying that word gift. And as I studied it, I I found another word and it was genius. And um, Hmm. for the last 20 years or so, um, I've been studying high potential individuals and what makes individuals geniuses. And really what it boils down to is when you identify why you were born, you give your focus, your attention and your energy to developing that and then releasing it to the world. No matter what that is, that's when significant living, that's when genius living really starts. And so if you really want to live a full life, you have to, you know, um, whether you live 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 50 years, if you don't take a day, two days, three days, 72 hours out of the many hours that you get, 
to just sit down in a peaceful place, get out a piece of paper and, and really ask God, the universe, whatever you, however you want to attach it and ask the question, why am I really here? And let God and the universe talk back to you. And once you figure that out and once you, you realize that in my book, I talk about many times we already know what it is, Marquis, but we kind of glaze over it. We kind of go with what everybody else thinks we should go with. But the majority of the individuals that I talk to and when they finally stumble upon their genius potential, as I call it, they already knew it. It was already hints of it. They, you know, for me, it was um, uh, hints of it when I was a little kid, but I wasn't in an environment where they promoted it. And so I just missed it for a long time until thankfully I asked that important question, why am I here? And I think everybody should do that exercise and not be content until they really have a strong sense in their heart and in their minds why they're here. I think that's great uh, that you said that there was a scripture that you read and you pulled out the word that kind of jumped out to you to do research on. And, and pretty much from just from your story, it sounds like you you took that word and you you created a movement. You you that word became the foundation that that launched you into uh, your purpose and into your destiny. And so many of us sometimes we are unwilling to take the time out, like you said, to do that introspection, to to do the work, as Iyanla Van Zant would say, you know, we don't take the time out to really do the work, to do the digging that we need to do, to really identify what that significance is, you know, because we all do have something significant to offer the world, but it is our responsibility to first identify what that is, and then second, to actively pursue that on a daily basis so that we are doing the work and touching the people that we need to touch. And so I think that's a great, great story and a great opportunity for those of the who are listening that, you know, take the time out to sit and ask yourself those questions that uh, Dr. Will presented. We both have two days that are very significant in our lives, the day that we were born and the, the day that we find out why. Why were you born? Where are you headed? And so Dr. Will in identifying and knowing what your purpose is and, and how you began to really strategize and maneuver in life as it pertains to what you began to learn what your purpose is, how has knowing your purpose, how has actively pursuing your purpose and your passion enhanced your life and your business? So when you find out why you're here and what you're to do with that potential that's on the inside of you, it brings you to a place that I call clarity. And when you get to the place of clarity, two things happen, focus and simplicity. And with focus and simplicity, you are able to excel your performance and your progress in such a way where it'll make those that grew up with you, it'll make your family members, it'll make those that knew you 10 years, five years ago, wonder what in the world has happened. And that is exactly <laughs> what happened to me. When, when I got this clarity, I'm telling you, and I got focused, my life became simpler because I didn't have to pursue so many different things. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I've been married now for uh, almost 18 years, and it's like being married. When you get clear 
on your purpose. It's like getting married. Every other woman is now non-existent from the from the standpoint. I only have to focus on this one woman now. I only have to remember one birthday, one anniversary, only mm-hmm. buy one Valentine's gift. You know what I mean? You can save so much money, so much time and so much energy versus uh, I got married real young. And so when I saw all my partners, they were still chasing women. They were still broke because they're, you know, they're trying to impress all these women. Mm-hmm. But once I got married, I only had one woman to impress. We got clear on uh, what we wanted to do in life. And so instead of, you know, spending money on frivolous things, we were able to build companies. We were able to build our accounts. We were able to build a quality of life that, uh, had all our other friends kind of, you know, a little uh, uh, envious of. And it was because of this clarity and this focus. Um, you know, I was able to finish college um, very, very fast. I mean, I, I got my doctorate at the age of 29 because I was just studying and I was just in school and I was just focus. This is what I needed to do. This is this is what I needed to achieve. This is what I needed to pursue so I could effectively do what I wanted to do in life. And so when you get clear and when you get focused, I mean, it's now, you know, so simplified. Um, when I look at my life right now, I'm a very I'm a very simple person. You know, uh, it's not a lot that that I need to make me happy or to feel good. There's some signature things that I like in my life. I have those. And so I'm good. I'm content. And so a lot of times what we see, especially, and I I hate to pick on them, but it's, um, it's, it's, we pick on them and we use them because everyone knows them, uh, athletes and, and entertainers because they're in the limelight. But usually what happens in, from my work, working with a lot of entertainers and athletes, what happens to them is they found their talent. And I want everybody to listen to me. They found their talent. They found a skill, whether it's singing, whether it's playing basketball or football. But for most of them, they haven't found their passion. Mm. And so what happens is they've pursued their whole life to be a singer, to be an athlete. And then they finally get there, but then they're not fulfilled because it's not their passion. And so they have all this money. And so what they do is they surround themselves with people. They surround themselves with all this stuff. And then they end up in their bedrooms late at night alone and unfulfilled because they haven't tapped into their passion. And so when they come to work with me, that's what we work on. Not about what you can do, but why are you here? Yeah. God has blessed you to get $20 million. What was his idea for the $20 million? What Once you get the Bentley, once you get the big house, once you buy the wardrobe, now what? And that's what happens to a lot of them. I remember um, listening to an interview of Tom Brady, the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Here this guy is. I think he was about 25 years old at the time. He had already won three Super Bowls. And he's saying to himself, this is what I lived for my whole life. Now I've achieved it at 25. Now what do I do? Now what do I do? And he almost found himself lost until he got on the right direction and someone helped him say, well, all this success is for this. Mm -hmm. And that's what so many of us don't understand. All the success is for this. If you look at an Oprah Her success was for her to be able to build a school over in Africa, to start the Angel Network. So if you don't understand why you have the success, 
then the success will begin to torment you. And we see that happen all the time. Yeah, Oprah is a, a very prime example of what it really means to understand and know what your purpose was. Many people would have thought that her purpose was the Oprah show or her purpose was the own network. And Oprah has on many occasions said that truly her purpose was to raise the consciousness of individuals. And the tools that she would use was the Oprah show or the own network or the master class or what have you. But truly she believed her purpose was to educate and to raise the consciousness of individuals of themselves so that they might realize their truest potential. And so, you know, that is so true. And, you know, having and knowing your talents and your gifts and your skill sets is one thing, but truly knowing what, why you have those talents, those skill sets really help you to understand, or it really helps you to speak to your, your purpose because you have everything you need to carry out the level of potential or to carry out the level of work that you were created to carry out with. And so many of us can sometimes misconstrue our talents and our skills um, as being what we are purposed to do when only they truly are tools for us to accomplish the purpose that we have. And so, and that's exactly right, because what I try to get, you know, most of the entertainers and athletes that I work with to understand is think about this, you know, let's just use football. They say the life cycle of a professional football player at tops is, you know, four to five years. So that couldn't possibly be your purpose because God wouldn't give you a purpose that would end before your life ended. Mm -hmm. And so you now have to start asking, okay, why do I have this talent? Why do I have this skill? Why do I have this money? This door was open. This celebrity was open. I now have this influence. What am I going to do with this influence? And when they don't understand that the skill and the talent was just to open up a door, uh, maybe God wanted to use you to bring this to a highlight, like you just said about Oprah, the consciousness, you know, the awareness. When I think about a Bill Gates, his wealth, he's using it to eradicate, you know, diseases. He's using it to uh, change inner city schools. And so, you know, think about a Bill Gates who is worth $76 billion, if he wasn't involved in all these other projects that he's involved in, how, you know, I mean, I don't have a billion, but I can I can almost imagine after you get, you know, to 50 billion, it's probably nothing. <laughs> in the world you, can't. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if you don't have anything that's driving you beyond earning another dollar, you know, he can earn another 25. I think the average, I think he averages like five million dollars an hour or something like that. Right. Mm. So he, it's not even hitting his rector skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so if he doesn't have this passion. And so when we see him walk away from Microsoft because he says he wants to dedicate himself to his, his the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, I totally understand it. You know, I was watching a video with Dave Chappelle and um, he was doing this interview. And, you know, you, you may be familiar with the whole thing around him where uh, he walked away from yeah. um $50 million. And he did such a wonderful interview explaining that the $50 million was going to cost him his true self. And I know a lot of people are listening. They say, well, you know what? I'm going to chance it. I'm going to take that 50. But when you really understand 
um, about purpose and potential and why you're really here. Um, it, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of money. It's, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, them, I know, them. I know people who make millions of dollars who are miserable, miserable. miserable. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to try to, you know, put some spin on it. These people are miserable and it's because they don't know why they have this type of income. They don't know why they have this type of influence. And they thought, you know, once they got it, once they made the money, it would make them happy, but it doesn't. That's awesome. I like what you said when you said what what drives you. There's a, a great theologian, uh, writer, uh, author by the name of Howard Thurman, and he has a quote that says, uh, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive. You know, because what the world needs is for you to be alive. And so what makes you come alive? What drives you every day? What is that thing that causes you to get up excited every morning? If you can really identify those types of things, you're on the right path of identifying what that thing is that is called your purpose or your passion. And so as we go into the next question, you know, sometimes we we have to endure certain obstacles. We have to endure certain circumstances sometimes that kind of hinder us from really moving freely in that purpose and passion. And so what has been the biggest obstacle that you have had to overcome in following your passion uh, and stepping and being in alignment with your purpose? You know, my biggest obstacle is a constant obstacle, and it really is myself. You know, I've, I've had challenges. Um, you know, I mean, I've been homeless before. I mean, I've been broke before, you know, all the general, you know, things that can happen to you on your way to pursuing your destiny. But the number one obstacle I've always had and I continue to have is myself. I continuously have to remind myself. I continuously have to work on myself. Um, when you talk about, you know, shifting um, into your greatness and shifting into your genius and shifting into your passion and your potential, there are multiple shifts. There are multiple shifts that have to take place. And th- it's not just one shift that has to take place because we're always evolving. And so anytime I go to a next level, I become an obstacle because I, I ask myself, Will, do you belong here? Should you be here? Mm. You know, several months ago, um, I had the opportunity to uh, be the uh, uh, the national speaker for Global Entrepreneurship Week in St. Martin. And here I am, I'm flying over and I'm talking to myself, Will, can you believe this? Like wow. literally getting wow. ready to go and and speak to parliament. You know, I had an audience with the prime minister. Like here I am, a kid from the ghetto, man. I'm from Compton. And here I am getting ready to go meet with the prime minister and 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 teach uh, her her staff on on leadership and and entrepreneur development for a country, man. And so I'm constantly um, happen to have these pep talks with myself. You know, uh, do I belong in this space or even, you know, um, just with inside myself, my my shortcomings? You know, I, I tell people this all the time. Um <clears throat> I grew up, you know, with a speech impediment um, because I wasn't focused in school. Um, 
I'm, I'm weak in the English language as it relates to vocabulary and things like that. So I'm always fighting against myself. I'm always overthinking things. Um, I'm a procrastinator, so I have to have a staff. I have to have systems in place that uh, keep me on track, you know. And so um, it's it's always been me. And I think that's for anybody that's listening, you're always going to be your biggest obstacle. There's no there's no external obstacle bigger than the internal obstacle. And when you can align the internal, um, then you can defeat any external obstacle that you face. Yeah, that, you know, that that quote right there is definitely a, a quote to live by. I believe it's it's Les Brown. He, he talks about that African proverb. But if you can defeat the enemy within the enemy without can do you no harm, you know. And so many of us have that that enemy within that we have to consistently uh, defeat. You know, it's it's that um, imposter syndrome that many people call it, you know, that that imposter that shows up and says that, you know, do you really deserve to be here? Do you really deserve the benefit of the blessings that you are receiving? Do you really uh, think that you have what it takes to stand in this place of success or to stand in this place of influence. You know, we have to daily uh, defeat that enemy uh, in our in our minds to realize that, hey, you know, if I'm here, it, I'm supposed to be here. If I've arrived, I'm supposed to have arrived in this place. And so I appreciate you sharing that. In this next portion of the podcast, you know, I kind of ask the guest, you know, some quick answer type questions where they give us uh, opportunity to kind of get insight into your rituals, insight into things that you do on a regular basis that you believe help to create the success that you are experiencing. And so when I think about my own personal journey and when I think about uh, how I have gotten to this place and still have many more steps to take, if I were on the other side of this podcast and I said I was ready to really pursue the thing that I have had in my heart to pursue, but yet have taken this step. Where do I start if I know that I'm not living my purpose and not doing the work that I'm passionate about? What are some of the first things that I need to do in order to begin to take the right steps towards that direction? So the first thing anybody has to do is make a choice. That is the very first thing. And it's going to sound so simplistic, but here is the key. You make a choice. Now, the choice is the easy part. The choice is a affirmation. The choice is a declaration. The choice is I choose to pursue my better life. I choose to pursue my goal. Now, once you make that choice, here comes the difficult part. After you make a choice, now you need to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And when you make decisions, decisions comes from a word that means to cut do away with. So once you make a choice, you have to now decide what in your life is not beneficial or what in your life is not going to support this choice. So to make it really plain, just to give you an example that makes sense. If I say I'm making a choice to lose weight, I want to lose 50 pounds. Now I have to decide what in my life right now is not going to support that. So eating Twinkies at night is not supporting that. So I got to decide not to eat the (laughs) Twinkies, right? That's right. I have to decide, okay, I haven't been working out. So I have to decide 
not working out is not beneficial. So once you make a choice in any area, whether it's to lose weight, whether it's to get out of debt, whether it's to pursue your passion, whether it's to start a business, whether it's to uh, personal development, once you make that choice, now there's some critical decisions you know, to go back to when I figured out what my goal was, what my plan was in life, I had to cut out some friends. I had to make a decision. These guys that are currently in my life are not going to help me in my goals. And I had to cut them off. I dropped them that day. Mm. Mm. Immediate action. Immediate, man. Immediate action. It, it's like, you know, once they discover that you have cancer, they don't let it linger around. They they start setting up chemo. They start setting up surgery. They got to cut it out. And that's what you got to do in your life. If you're serious about it, the doctor says, listen, if we don't do this operation, you will not live. So if you don't make this decision, you're not going to lose the weight. If you don't make this decision, you're not going to uh, live your better life. And it's that drastic. To decide is to cut. It's to cut. And you got to cut. And it hurts sometimes. I mean, my boy, I, you know, uh, at that time I had a best friend, man, and his name was Mac. And uh, we were just laughing about this uh, two, three months ago when I was speaking in Georgia and he came to see me. And that was the first time I had saw Mac in 20 years. But he was my closest friend at that time. And when I decided to go this new route, I called him up. I said, Mac, this is what I'm getting ready to do, man. I'm about to uh, start pursuing my degree, man. I'm about to... Uh, uh, be focused on my family. And this is where I'm going. I'm not going to the club no more, man. This is the path I'm going, man. I'm not saying you got to go with me. I'm saying this is where I'm going. And literally we were so close. When you saw him, you would see me. People started saying, man, did you get into a fight? What happened? And I would say, no, I'm just on a different path. And he was so respectful. He said, no, man, Will is just doing his own thing. And this was three months ago was the first time I had saw Mac in 20 years. Mm. And he said, man, you, you made the right choice, man. You made the right decisions. And uh, now we can be friends because I'm centered in what I'm doing and he's centered in what he's doing. But at that time, we couldn't be boys. Wow. Wow. That's 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 good. That's good information right there. That's that's life changing, transforming information. What is one number one ritual or practice you have to stay motivated in life and in work? I surround myself with motivational tools, man, whether it's podcasts like yours, whether it's a good book. Um, I walk around with my journal. My journal is filled with just experiences that I've experienced. And uh, I just you know, I keep it's just like once again, when you want to lose weight and things like that, you got to keep healthy snacks around you so you won't go to the bad stuff. And so there's so much negative stuff going on in the world. You can you can turn on the news and, you know, get inundated. So what I try to do, man, is create my own world of motivation. So whether it's on my phone, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a, a three by five card with a quote, and I just try to hang around the most positive people I can. Now, when we think about uh Rituals, when we think about how we began to make these shifts, you know, sometimes we have to use certain tools and we have to use different resources that will kind of help us make the shift. And so is there any online resource or tool or some type of a program that you have used to help with your productivity and to help you stay focused, to help you uh, along the journey as you have continued to grow and build your life and your business? You know, I, I really, I just really love books and I really love watching uh, inspirational videos on YouTube and um, 
you know, you kind of you kind of get you a library of individuals that you like. I, I love Les Brown. Um, I, I love the late Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, um, Jay Abraham. And so whatever area that you want to grow in, you find some people um, in that area that you you like listening to. And you kind of you know, I have people that um if I want to get stirred up in my faith, I have some great pastors I listen to. Uh, uh, I was, I'm was i a great uh, uh, follower of, of the late Miles Monroe. Uh, for leadership, for me, it's John Maxwell. For business, it's Jay Abram and, and, and Robin Sharma. Um, if we're looking in the in, in motivation, it's, it's Les Brown and a couple of other people. But in each in each genre that I want to grow and develop and stay motivated in, I have you know particular people I listen to. So finding those models, those models that kind of help you in the particular areas that you feel like you need to be strengthened or that you just want to have encouragement in, it's always good to find those models of individuals who can speak to that particular area of your life. That's good. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and, and you, you find several of them. You know, there's some people that I'm not particularly um, listening to them to kind of follow their pattern. It's just that I just really love, you know, their delivery. But then there are some people that I watch and I'm studying. I'm OK. I like how he moves. I like how she said that. I like how they story tell. And so some of them I study and then some of them I'm just watching for personal growth and, you know, enjoyment. Good. What are you currently reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a a book called Success Onomics. Um, It's by a guy named Brad Martillo and um, probably not very well known to a lot of individuals. But that's what that's what I'm currently reading. And I'm reading another book on um, golf greats, uh, the greats of golf. Are there any books that you would recommend uh, for someone who said, hey, you know, I haven't been the. Uh, most astute uh, student or reader uh, over the years, but I, I'm ready to kind of uh, work on my personal development and self-growth. Are there any books that you feel like w- that impacted you early on that you would like to recommend? Yeah, you know, um, one book that really, I mean, just one, one, a few books that really just impacted my thinking um, is one, The Magic, The Magic of Big Thinking by David Swartz. Another one is Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, another book that really, um, uh, really helped me transform my thinking was a book by a gentleman uh, by the name of uh, Reginald F. F. Lewis. And uh, the title of the book is Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun? Mm-hmm. Um, that really impacted me to see a gentleman that came from the same type of neighborhood as me and go on in the business arena and 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 buy out a billion dollar company. And then, you know, not to um, um, I, I really think my book Genius Potential, if anyone really wants to um, just get a start in trying to discover their purpose and passion. It's a simple read, and I, I only recommend it not because it's my book, but I, I really do think that um, I was able to capture anybody that's wanting to start this journey, what they need to do with the blueprint that's laid out in that book. And hey, I, you know, I, I, I sensed a little bit of hesitation. I'm like, Dr. Will, you going to say your book? <laughs> No, you, you know, I didn't I didn't want to run out the gate with mine. But uh, but, yeah, I really do. Honestly, I just really think and the reception from that book um, has really been 
great. And um, people still tell me how it's impacted their life. Just to, like you say, it gives you a, a, a good insight of my life and how I really took this journey to where we are right now. Good, good. Well, as we prepare to wrap up the show, what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who is ready to make the shift into their genius? One piece of advice I would I would say is just get moving toward your goal. Don't worry about failing. This is one thing I know, especially uh, I know you have a listening audience from all around the world, but especially if you're listening to me and you're in the United States, go after it. I mean, the United States is one of the best places for you to really pursue your passion from the standpoint, um, you're not going to die pursuing your passion. You know what I mean? There's so much help in the United States. You're not going to die. Like you find you five good friends and you tell them, listen, I'm getting ready to go, go for it. And uh, life may get a little bit tricky and life may get a little bit difficult. And I may have to call you every once in a while for $20, but I'm getting ready to go after my passion. You can do that in America, man. You're not going to die. You're not going to, you know what I mean? And so I would suggest just go after it. And, And this is what I always tell people. If you go after it and fail, what worst place could you be in? You just go right back to where you were. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not going to kill you. So I would rather live life knowing that I went after it. Uh, Miles Monroe, one of my mentors, used to always say the greatest place on the planet is the graveyard because it is filled with so mm-hmm. many dreams and so many passions and so many ideas and, and cures that died with the individual because they were fearful to go after it. So just go after it. Go pursue your passion. Go after what you love, and uh, and uh, you'll get there. Just go after it. Failure is truly only feedback. It's and feedback, it, man. Yeah, so that is good advice. What's one exciting thing going on in your business right now that you're really excited about, and or what are you currently working on? Man, we have so many projects. I always tell people the next thing for me, I'm a, I'm a starter. So I'm not a finisher type guy. I'm a starter. So I'm always starting new projects to hand off to the team. And so the next exciting thing is for me, the next thing that I'm starting. But I, I'm really excited. Um, I'm working with uh, uh, some great entrepreneurs right now. We started uh, a special mastermind about two years ago and and where I'm just walking entrepreneurs through these key steps. And I'm just excited. I just met with one yesterday and we're working on uh, his book. He's a former NFL uh, star and we're working on his book and building out his business. And I'm just excited, man, to help other people step into their genius potential and live out their best life. And so that's that's what I'm I'm excited about right now, man. Just the the ability to be at a place now where I can support so many other people in their endeavors and their dreams. Awesome. Can you tell the listening audience where can they find you online? Uh, the first place you can go to is my website. It's www.willmoreland, that's M-O-R-E-L-A-N-D.com. Uh, it'll tell you a little bit more about me and what we're doing and what my companies are doing. And then all throughout social media, if you just look up Dr. Will Speaks, Dr. Will Speaks, that's my Twitter handler, that's my YouTube page, that's my Instagram Uh, That's my Facebook. So if you just look up Dr. Will Speaks, uh, you'll be able to find me. Well, Dr. Will, I definitely, 
truly appreciate you for taking the time out these 45 minutes to just share your genius, to share your influence, to share the information that you have, the inspiration that you have given myself to continue to press on in spite of how my circumstances may look, but yet just start, just taking the steps. I appreciate you, and I thank you for joining us. I want to make sure that you are reminded that you can go by his website at www.willmoreland.com or any of his social media handles where he said, is it Will Moreland Speaks or Dr. Will Speaks? Dr. Will Speaks. Dr. Will Speaks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this Rewind episode with Dr. Will Moreland as we talked about how to shift into your genius. We all have a genius to shift into, and we all have an opportunity to create the life that we definitely desire to crave. If you have not gone to iTunes and rated and reviewed the podcast, I really would love for you to do so. All you have to do is go to iTunes, search Maximize Your Brand with Markeith Brayton and leave us a rating and review. I love to read the reviews and I'm always appreciative of your ratings. Until next week, be safe, stay focused and do the thing that you truly know you're called to do. God bless you.